Hey, Jacob. It's Vanessa. Uh, we were driving home late in the evening recently, and um, there was a guy running down the street naked. Hey, Jacob. This is your wife. Hey, Jacob. It's Hunter. Hey, Jacob. It's Vanessa Josie, and I have crazy subway stories. A man steps on in a suit ten sizes too big for him. He seems like your average subway evangelist. He starts to get really worked up, throwing his arms in the air and pleading with the women in the subway to wear longer jackets to cover our bottoms. We did see a naked lady walking down Nolensville Road in the middle of the day. Almost every day for a few months on my way to work, there is this giant stuffed bear. Was, was that lady walking down the side of the road without any clothes on towards us? Sometimes it would be in a chair. Sometimes it would be under a blanket, kind of up on this concrete wall. We all just witnessed this guy telling women to cover our butts. So you're riding the subway or driving along, and all of a sudden, there's just something you didn't expect to see. On my side of town in Nashville, there's a guy that everyone keeps spotting. But I had never seen him. Until the other day, when I was driving home, I went through a tunnel, and I heard music coming from outside. It's raining, traffic's crazy, and I just walked uh, or drove through a tunnel where a man's playing a tuba. The tuba man. I want to get to the bottom of this. I've heard about him. I've never seen him. This is the first time, and I'm going to find this tuba man. I'm Jacob Lewis, and from Nashville Public Radio, you're listening to Neighbors show about what connects us. Today's story, The Tuba Man. <laughs> this voice memo has been going. I'm sitting in a Weight Watchers parking lot. I think that I hear him off in the distance. I'm going to check it out. What do you say to a guy in a tunnel? I don't even know. All right, here we go. The tuba man is swaying back and forth. He's wearing a green do-rag covering his long gray hair. It looks like he's in his 50s, tall, skinny. And he's technically playing the sousaphone, which is just shaped differently than a tuba, so you can wear it like in a marching band. He's put little sprigs of various plants on the sousaphone with some wire. He seemed excited to talk to me, but also wanted to keep his routine going. Yeah, absolutely. The reason we're doing this is, uh, you know, because it's cool. It's a cool chance for me to practice. Cool chance for the people to do something in their car besides messing with their telephone. And uh, they just get to, you know, put a smile on a lot of people's faces. You know, it's like not every day you get a, a traffic jam that's got a sousaphone in it. <laughs> I genuinely liked being around this guy. So when I asked him why he started playing music in the tunnel, what he said caught me off guard. You want the real story? Yeah. The, the trolls that live in this tunnel came over to the thicket and were talking to the elves of the wood in the thicket. Wait, what? I know, but keep listening. And they said, man, all we got is crazy, mad, raging traffic jam people over here in the tunnel 
every day, every day, every day. And they say, well, hell, man, we got this guy in the house, man, plays tuba like crazy. Why don't you talk to him, you know, and uh, send him out here. And they go, we catch him in a dream. So early in September, I woke up, man, I sat up in the uh, bed early in the morning and went, uh, tuba troll. And it was, it was all there, you know. What's your name? Joe. Joe just told me the Tuba Man origin story. There were trolls who lived in a tunnel and elves who lived in a thicket, or a densely wooded area. But there's a lot more to the real origin story of how Joe started playing tuba in this tunnel. Turns out the thicket he's talking about, it's a real place. It's on his property next to his house. So I asked if I could see it. No breeze today, but you can. the wind sounds really nice in the leaves of the bamboo. And... Uh, the birds are being pretty quiet at the moment. In the summer, Joe calls this place his second living room. It's got tall bamboo shoots, which make it feel like it's walled in. There's a fire pit and a bench. It's nice. Yeah, this is, I've been tending this for, what, eight, 18 years? When it's uh, summertime, all, this, uh, all the foliage fills out, and there'll be a whole lot more of this big bamboo. So in Joe's story, he said that the trolls that live in the tunnel where he plays were frustrated by all the noise and anger there. So they came down here, to the thicket, and they were partying with the elves that live here. And as they unloaded their complaints, the elves said that the guy next door, he plays tuba all the time. I bet he could bring some good vibes to the tunnel. So let's reach him in a dream. There's a path of marble stone that leads to his side door. We follow it inside. So the first thing I see is the... the does it have a name or anything? I don't know. I guess I've been calling it the party machine. You know, everybody seems to know when they see that that something's going to happen. <laughs> His house is small and tidy. There are shelves of CDs everywhere. There are various types of tubas and sousaphones crammed in his living room and artwork from his friends are on the walls. I sat down on a piano bench to get to know Joe a little better. He grew up in Cajun country, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, went to LSU and studied music. He was going to play the tuba in the symphony, but that's not quite what happened. One summer, he was bored in his house. And uh, down the street was uh, this blues club. Tabby's Blues Box, a legendary juke joint in an old drugstore in Baton Rouge. If I'd go by there at night for a beer run or something, I'd hear the music coming out of there, and it was like, wow, man. Uh, and I saw they had a jam session there. I decided I was going to go in there, you know. So the first night he showed up, he drove by a couple of times with his tuba. He was nervous about keeping up with these guys without any music in front of him. So I, got, I drank a, you know, a tall Budweiser, you know, got my courage up, put my horn up, went in, just first time in there, and uh, sat down. Go, uh, can I play my tuba with you guys? Without missing a beat, they said, "Sure, man, go get your horn," you know. So he started to play with the band. At the end of the night, the bar owner walked up to Joe and asked him to come back on Friday night play with some other guys. Joe kept getting invited back. So I wound up getting hired as house bass player on uh, tuba. 
It was playing at Tabby's Blues Box that kicked off Joe's real musical career and some of his problems. He dropped out of school, learned how to play electric bass, and started touring. It was the equivalent of running away with the circus, you know, for the uh, early 80s. Run away with the blues man. Here's a group called Eyewitness Blues. Joe played bass on this song all about their partying lifestyle. You'll find us every night at every bar in town. I wound up being able to drink massive quantities of alcohol. So I was still pretty good uh, in the music world because that kind of craziness was involved in the culture. My pancreas uh, started going like into overdrive and it was like one to produce enzymes to consume my innards and stuff. So I had a medical uh, problem from it. Uh, my wife had given me the weekend by myself in the house and uh, it was like I actually probably could have checked out at that point. You know? And uh, you mean that? Was, yes. But Joe was trying to cut back. He found he couldn't stop. He had recently gotten married, and he was lying about his drinking, lying to his spouse and to his bandmates. I felt, I felt crappy. Finally, one of his fellow musicians spoke up. He sent me a letter about, uh, you know, you need to seek some help with your, your drinking because it's interfering with what we're doing, and, you know, I care for you, and the spot is here for you in our band but until then you're not in the in the thing with us joe knew he didn't want to live like this anymore he checked into a rehab facility and that's when he started his recovery made the first aa meeting and that changed my world a whole lot it's 2016 we're in march so it's 25 years in a couple of days for me sober yes wow. yeah joe had done little bits of damage all over the place but he was starting to sort through the wreckage. So how did he go from rehab to trolls telling him to play in the tunnel? That's coming up after the break. So drinking had caused a lot of damage in Joe's life. Now that he stopped, those problems didn't just go away. In fact, now they were amplified without his familiar form of medication. So life in Louisiana got complicated. He got divorced and decided to move to Nashville. He bought a house, and outside of that house was a thicket, which is a metaphor for Joe's life. Just like him, it needed some cultivating. When I moved in, it was full of garbage, you know. Old car parts, tires, trash. It was like about three years before I got all the garbage out of here. Then it was time to take the living things in the thicket and see if he could encourage some new growth. So he spread the bamboo. You dig it up, and then you saw out the root ball, which is... uh, very tough to do. Joe learned to play music sober. He got a day-in and day-out job at Barnes & Noble in the music department. Golly, it's uh, pretty amazing how uh, people grow up, you know. Inside the thicket, it became more lush. Outside, Joe took up hobbies. He started making his own tobacco blends out of different tobacco leaves. He became a shade tree mechanic and started working on cars. And after a decade and a half, the thicket was proving to be quite the fortress. And so was Joe. 
A few years ago, both of Joe's parents died within a year of one another. It was a really tough time, but he faced it without alcohol, and he came through on the other side. 2015 was kind of like after the grieving. So it was actually 2015 was one of my best ever, ever, ever joyful years. And that brings us back to the point where I asked Joe why he started to play tuba in the tunnel. I don't know how your audio came out on the interview out there. Did it, did you listen to it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about that. All right, here it comes again. I woke up in early September of 2015. Uh, I sat up sunrise and sat up in the bed and I said, Tuba Troll. Now, I need to tell you right here that Tuba Troll is not a magical creature. It's the name that Joe calls political activists who play the tuba as a form of protest or anti-protest. Remember last year when South Carolina decided to take down the Confederate flag from their state capitol? Well, the KKK decided they would protest by marching down to the Capitol building. That's when a guy with a sousaphone showed up and played while they stomped down the road. It brought levity and comedy to a very tense situation. Joe liked the idea, but never considered he would do anything like it. But whoever gave him that dream had just that in mind. The trolls were bitching about the garbage, the anger. Our environment is full of uh, upset people stuck in a big traffic jam who have no respect for the tunnel, and they're putting a bad vibe on it. The thicket elves or whatever, they they go, man, we got a guy here who could uh, do something for that. Man, he cleaned up our thicket. It's a beautiful, wonderful place. You know, y'all come down, y'all enjoy it too. He plays tuba all the time in the house. We could probably reach him in a dream and get him to go play in the tunnel. So I sat up after they reached me and went tuba troll. He was going to take the peace that he had cultivated in his life, strap some tambourines to his shoes, walk in that tunnel, and make some people smile. So, trolls, elves, I don't know. I asked Joe several times about it, and the best I can come up with is that for him, saying he was given this idea in a dream is like if an evangelical Christian said that God put something on their heart. He says that the idea didn't come from him, it came from somewhere else. Wherever it came from, I'm sure glad it did, because my neighborhood now has a new concert venue. So I went out there, uh, and it sounded, I knew it was going to sound good. <laughs> I knew it was going to sound good in there. And I stepped into the tunnel, and I think uh, the first thing I played was, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? And uh, it sounded good, man, and people were waving, they're smiling. And I have been caught in that traffic jam so many times. It's a spot I do not want to be. It's a it's about a four-mile traffic jam. So so now there's this mutually beneficial thing that happens in the middle. When I go out there and play tuba, people smile, and they're surprised, and they love it. Sometimes they jump out of the car and dance in a tunnel while the cars are stopped. It's like a parade where... The audience is moving. It's, they're the parade. 
but I'm the music and I'm in the tunnel, the tubatorium. All right, all right, play us out. We got to get him. We got to get him honking here. You walk up to a guy in a tunnel. You never know what you're gonna get. All right, I'll see you later, Joe. Neighbors is from Nashville Public Radio and produced by me, Jacob Lewis, with production assistance from Bailey Robbins. This story was edited by Mac Linebaugh and Emily Siner. The episode artwork is by Christopher Stewart, and some of the music in this episode is by Poddington Bear. If you would like to be at the beginning of a Neighbors episode, follow me on Twitter, at NeighborsNash. There I'll post a question for each episode and a number that you can call into. Neighbors is a proud and founding member of The Herd. That's H-E-A-R-D. And we're an audio collective of producers. For more information on The Herd, visit theherdradio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D. Well, I'm Jacob Lewis, and I'm reminding you to get to know your neighbors.